0: Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you.
1: It's good to be here.
2: It's an honor to have you. Now, I'll just, I think I've shared this before, but when I asked Pastor Olin and Sybil to to join us for this, he he literally texted me back and he said, you know, I don't know if we're the people you're looking for. We've been married 60 years. Do you think we'll have anything (laughs) that, that will relate to them? And I'm like because you've been married 60 years you have a lot to say so we're just honored to have you guys here so tell us a little bit about yourself I know I know this but y'all are y'all are actually West Texans so tell us a little bit about your just y'all
0: I'm really West Texan (laughs) but I was born in Big Spring and um, shortly moved to Kermit and I was raised there graduated from high school there and it, when I was there, it was like eight to ten thousand people, a big city. But um, now it's not. But uh, I love it, and I love West Texas. I'm so glad to be here.
1: And you met me in Abilene. <laughs> yeah,
0: he was raised in Abilene, and we met there at Hardin Simmons University. So,
2: wow, awesome, awesome. Well, uh, we're gonna jump right in. We've only got a few minutes to ask you guys some questions, and so uh, I-, I just kind of want to start off. I know that. Uh, again, getting to hear more of your story last night, um, you, you guys, you didn't start off married as Christians, is that correct?
1: Well, she was. She was. I wasn't.
2: So uh, maybe I, I should ask you. I got when
0: I was seven.
2: You got, okay, you were raised, yeah. when, or you were born again when you were yeah. seven. Okay. Yes. So, so I, was,
1: I was a church attender.
2: You were a church attender. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe this is for you, for you, Sybil. Can I just ask you, maybe all of those years, what was it like? What was it like being the wife of an, an unsaved heathen?
0: Like... <laughs> you said it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had no clue when we met at Hardin-Simmons and got married that he wasn't a believer i'd have probably never even thought about it, but um I found out quickly that he and I didn't have the same inside and uh so I just started to pray. my parents prayed fervently and um the night he got saved after we'd been married twelve years but that night uh totally changed, and uh, it was like I had a new husband. It was literally an amazing thing. So, Was there anything
2: specific in that time? That, I mean, obviously, you pray that he would come to know the Lord, but in 12 years, there had to be so many oppor- opportunities for you just to get very frustrated, and, and, and it's, <laughs> she just laughs. laughs. So what was, what, what was that like? What, what, what were some of the things that you prayed? What were some of the things that you really went after?
0: Well, um, he just went crazy <laughs> after, after we got married because he, we, he could do what he wanted to do. And he literally did what he wanted to do. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I prayed hard. And um, I had had an experience with the Lord when I was 12 years old. And I surrendered. We were raised Baptist, very Baptist excuse me, very Baptist, and I surrendered my life publicly to be a pastor's wife at 12 years old. I saw a vision then. I didn't know it was a vision because we weren't supposed to have visions, but <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless it was, And um, but I never told him yeah. because there were times that I was afraid that uh, he would do it just because I wanted to. If it, I mean, I wanted him to, you know, that he would surrender to preach. And then there were times when I thought he wouldn't do it if, even if God called him, you know, because he thought it would please me. So it was just like that. <laughs> and um, the morning, Sunday morning in church, uh, he surrendered to the gospel ministry, and he says... We both sang in the choir at the time, and he says I jumped over the choir rail and ran down to him and <laughs> grabbed him around the neck, and that's where I told him oh, wow. that uh, I had surrendered to be a pastor's wife. Yeah. So from then on, well, yeah. Well,
1: well really, the, the key the key to it was that I, I got saved. Yeah. And um, I know I, I she had been praying for me because... Uh, She put in the Baptist standard. Anyone know what the Baptist standard is? Uh, (laughs) A a little newspaper, newspaper, periodical newspaper for the state of Texas. And uh, she had been in there said, every time my husband goes to work, I was a state trooper at that time. Every time he goes to work, I pray for him that God would save him and get him home safely until he comes to know the Lord and i didn't know that at the, at the time but she was preaching on galatians 2:20 i'm crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet it's not me that lives but it's christ that lives in me and the life that i now live in this body i live by the faith of the son of god i've never forgotten that and he said some of you have been trying to live the christian life and you've just totally failed and i had tried and totally failed. And so whenever, whenever he gave the invitation, he said, he said this. There's only one person that's ever lived the Christian life. And there's only one person that ever will live the Christian life. And his name is Jesus. And if you've been trying, you're going to fail. But Jesus in you can live the Christian life. And that spoke to my heart. You know what? I can't do it. But I had faith at that moment that Jesus could do it through me. And that's what put our marriage together.
2: That's so good. Uh, you know, kind of on, along these lines, I know it's a question that kind of came up. I actually cheated. I asked our staff for some questions. And I kind of wanted to hear some of their, so I want to ask you some of their, their questions. Uh, but I think it relates to everyone here. Uh, one of the things when I, I've done marriage series in the past, I talk about nothing keeps a marriage Together or brings a marriage closer than going after the same target at the same speed. And so, if you're both going after God with all of your heart, uh, that will pr- to bring bring your marriage together. Uh, can you kind of speak to that uh, to anyone here who maybe is in a marriage? Because since you guys did it for so long, where one's pursuing God, one's not. Have there ever been times where you know what the, what did that look like for for both of you in different times where? one is pursuing God, one's not, or maybe the rate that one's pursuing God is different, and what would you say to couples or maybe a a wife here who's believing for her husband to go after to God, or maybe a wife, vice versa?
0: Well, let me say that uh, for all those 12 years, we had two children, and for all those 12 years, I was the spiritual leader in the home, you know, and uh, I was the one that, got us up to go to church and all those things then when he got saved of course he took that role which I'd been praying for sure. all those years <laughs> but it was kind of hard yeah. to give that up yeah. you know and I would I would get so frustrated at
1: him you know and then after oh, he re- you call me you think you're holier than thou yeah. <laughs>
0: Just because you just got saved. Holier you know? than I am. <laughs> so then I, I started. Then he had the got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And um, that really... Oh, boy. That <laughs> sets you off. You know, I said, I got it when I got saved, and I don't need any more. <laughs> and um, anyway... So that made it worse, oh my God. and yeah. Well,
1: and that's but, actually that's made actually it worse and better.
2: Worse and better. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, and I, I did kind of want to talk about that. You brought up the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and 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 I think that that's something that uh, you know, we have a a mixed bag of people here that come from all different denominations and different places. And, and, and I, I was raised in a church where I, I never thought it was weird to speak in tongues and some of those things. I I was telling you guys last night, I don't even remember the incense that I got saved, that I got filled with the spirit, any of those things, uh, because it was just so normal from, from childhood. But for you guys, that was, that was really different. And I, I I want you to tell some of that story because I I know how i important it is that you can't live the life God's called you to live without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so tell me a little bit about that story for those of you who may, may have never had that, that encounter with God.
1: Well, I got saved in 1970. And four months later, I surrendered the ministry. And three months after that, I was in Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And something was going on in the seminary. I didn't know it was any different, but there was a really good spirit in the place that I'd not experienced before. But they got, my a professor got talking about the Holy Spirit, and I thought, I don't know who the Holy Spirit is. I thought he was an influence. But what happened as a result of that, several things came together, and one of the professors spoke on tongues in chapel, and I thought it was going to be, I'd never heard of it before, never heard of tongues, and he spoke everything that was negative and everything that was positive. He said some people say the Bible says no, some people say the Bible says yes, tongues are real, but when he finished his message, he said, but it's for you to decide, and it was that day that that I, I was sitting in class. I couldn't stand it anymore. And I, I got up out of the class, ran down to the basement prayer room, slid in on my knees and cried out to God. <laughs> I said, God, I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit, that he was a person. I just thought he was an influence of some sort. I didn't understand that. Please forgive me, and I want it. I want everything you've got. I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want tongues. I want everything. I didn't tell her, I didn't tell anybody. I was a Baptist, <laughs> uh, a closet Baptist. <laughs> Now, you got
2: to tell the story, because we, I asked you last night, I said, well, when was the first time you spoke in tongues, and if you didn't get it right then, tell that well, story. Well, I
1: didn't speak in tongues right at that very moment, but the very same day, I was serving as associate pastor of a Baptist church in Arlington, Texas. And so when I got out of school, I, I, was, I, was, I was happy. I was unbelievably happy driving from the Southwestern Seminary campus to the, to the church where I was serving, and I walked in the door of the office, and the pastor of the church w- was uh, talking to the secretary. And, um, and he looked at me and he said, what's that stuff going on out at the seminary that I'm hearing about? And I thought, oh, my goodness, he's heard I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My heart was beating out of my chest. It was my first pastor or the first opportunity to serve in a church. And I didn't want to get fired. or you know, like. And I thought, oh, what? I said, I, I, I don't know. And he said, you know, that tongues and stuff. And I said, oh, Dr. McGorman spoke on tongues this morning. That's what you're talking about. And he said, yes, and I don't go for that Holy Roller stuff. And he just walked out of the office. Secretary looked at me and she said, what are tongues? I, I said, well, I, could re- I remembered what Dr. McGorman s- shared and, and uh I tried to tell her what I knew about tongues from that one message that morning. And she said, oh, okay, what do they sound like? And I thought, well, that morning, he had played a recording of tongues in the, in the, in the chapel. Believe it or not, 2,000, 3,000 students. He played a recording of a woman praying in tongues. So I thought, you know, I could show her. I think so. So I just opened my mouth and going to show her what I heard that morning uh, over the loudspeaker, and it was like a dam broke loose on the inside of me, and tongues just started pouring out of me, just, I, unexpectedly, except I was going to just show her, and I didn't want to quit. I must have spoken a whole paragraph. I don't know <laughs> how. But, but, I, but I finally stopped, and I looked at her. Her eyes were uh, as, this big. <laughs> And, and I said, uh, that's what they sound like.
0: <laughs> I said,
1: she said, oh. <laughs> so I slowly walked out of the office and ran down to my, to my office, down the hall to my office, fell in on my knees and said, God, don't get me fired. <laughs>
2: uh, that's so good. Well, it, you know, the, the, the Bible talks us book of jude says build yourself up on your most holy faith praying in other tongues and that applies to marriage can you just talk to us a little bit about well first of all i know you you kept it secret from S- sybil for a while that you had prayed in tongues and tell tell us the story of how well, you kind of called him on he it. had
0: changed completely when he got saved and then after we got to the seminary he started changing again i mean i it was just wonderful. I just thought, this is heaven, you know, I've got, really got a new husband. But it got so good that I got suspicious. <laughs> and so, so one day he was walking out the door to the seminary and I said, wait a minute, we need to talk. And he said, okay. He came in and sat down in the living room and I said, do you have something you need to tell me? And he said no, and I said no. I-, I think you do. I'm a big girl. I can take it again. And he said no. And then I kept on, and finally he said, "Okay." And I thought, "Oh no!" And he said, "You're not gonna like it." And I went, "Oh no!" And uh, he what said, "What did
2: you did you think? You, what did you think it was?"
0: <laughs> I thought he'd been doing something he shouldn't do. <laughs> and so, so I said, okay. And so he said, You're not gonna like it, but he said, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I didn't like it. I went nuts. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, and I pray in tongues and then I went nuts again. And so but anyway, he said, uh, I, I said, okay. And so, of course, I was relieved, but I still <laughs> was said, and mad. <laughs> anyway, he, for three years, he never mentioned it again. He didn't pray in tongues in front of me. He, of course, did in his quiet time. He didn't leave books laying out for me to read. We just went on with our lives, but... After three years, I just thought, I can't stand this anymore. We'd already moved. We were in Johnson City, Texas, and we moved to Shady Grove Church. And it's the, I was there when I received the baptism at that. my kitchen table.
2: But I love that. And I think the reason I one of the reasons I kind of wanted to go there is because, you know— <laughs> in different marriage counseling sessions. All these people here, there's so many different scenarios going on. But one of the things that I've learned is the only way you'll always have the answer to what you're supposed to do in your marriage is through the person of the Holy Spirit and Him being the teacher. Can you talk about the role that He's played in your marriage more specifically?
1: Wow. Well, since, since we believe in the same God and the same Holy Spirit, he, he made us feel like we were a team, and somehow he would work out everything, any differences that we had, any differences of opinion. We, we always prayed about everything, even when we moved from Johnson City First Baptist Church to Shady Grove. Even when we moved in, I, I, I came in one day and told her God had spoken to my heart. He had really given me a, a word that we were going to leave and move to a big city. And she said, not on your, your, not on your last dollar, we're not, do, we're not going to do anything like that. I'm really
0: not that bad, you we, I well, don't get mad about but, everything. No, she
1: did. She said, so I said, oh, okay, um, why don't you pray? This is what we've always done. Why don't you pray? If you hear a word, we'll go, we'll go. If you don't hear a word, we won't go. And that's the way we were. We always agreed on everything, and uh, it was a, just the Holy Spirit. It just we were. We felt like we were a team to accomplish what God had called us to do. Sybil and I and our family.
0: And I, I prayed about it, and God definitely gave me a strong word from the word Joshua four five, where it talks about going into the promised land, crossing over, carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and it was just like God said, it's time to cross over, so, So yeah. Yeah.
2: Kind of take that thought, and I want to talk about some more natural things. Obviously, in 60 years of marriage, it's 60 years, right? Y'all celebrated 60 this year, right? January. January. that's right. January
1: 31st.
2: January 31st. Uh, yeah, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> in in sixty years, you hit you're gonna hit some bomb, even after you're married, even after you're or after you're married, even after you're both saved, even after you both have the Holy Spirit, you're gonna hit some snags. There's gonna be some of those natural things. And uh, you know, some of the questions that were brought up or what do you do in some of those more difficult seasons when you're having having to decide real big stuff, like, are we going to have any more kids? I want to, I don't. Are we going to change jobs? I, uh, I I want to, I don't. Even whatever that is, How did what did that look like? How did you guys navigate some of those harder decisions uh, in life?
1: How did we navigate
0: it, honey? <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, we just, I guess we just trusted God and just worked. Through them, yeah. you know. I mean, you have to have the difficult conversations, of course.
1: Yeah.
0: But um, I don't well, know. I think,
1: I think the thing that I think the thing that I learned early after getting saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, I, I, I learned that I was selfish, mm. and most of our our life, she lived with a su- husband that was totally self centered and selfish about everything. I wanted my way, or the highway, bottom line.
0: For instance, he wanted the... (laughs) I just want to tell you, he wanted the hangers in his closet hung two fingers apart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted her to do it.
0: I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I'm sorry I
1: interrupted you. <laughs> no, you, you didn't interrupt. That's good. Uh,
2: did that, you Did that's you have me. anything else to say? Or <laughs> you,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was just one day. God just showed it to me. I was just praying it because I wanted it I wanted it to be smooth. I wanted us to walk together with our two children and. And feel like that we were serving God together yeah. as a unit, you know. And we couldn't do that as long as I thought that I was the only one that heard from God. And um, and so I'd, God revealed to me uh, the selfishness of my heart. And that was it. I mean, he touched me and... and I think dealt with that thing pretty well, didn't he? Uh-huh. I mean, pretty well. Oh. Not that I don't have selfish times. <laughs> <laughs> from, well, no, I, I don't. I'm not, I'm not that bad. Yeah. Wow. He I, did a good job.
2: That's so awesome. Um, if, if looking back, you're you're 60 years into this. If you and I want to ask each of you this question as we close, Pastor Olin, I know you kind of addressed some of it, but if there's anything you could tell. Speak directly to the husbands and say, if there was anything I could tell myself 60 years ago as it pertains to marriage, the thing that's the and beyond.
1: The most important thing to me is to be the same in private and with my family as I am in public and in the church. That I want God spoke to my heart to live a life of integrity by his power. I I couldn't do it myself but to live a life of integrity and that no one would be able to say that I'm one way in the pulpit and another way at home or another way at the grocery store or another way at the service station. But I wanted to be the, I think the key is to be the same all the time, wherever you are in whatever circumstance. And I have talked to women who have come and have, have cried out All I wanted was a husband that loved Jesus. And I wanted to be an example of someone that loved Jesus as a husband. And um, that would be my advice. Sybil?
0: I think mine would be, um, I just wanted to be a support to him and to the children and just... uh, Love them and honor them and take care of them. Uh, I love now. I love honoring my husband and uh, just being a support for him. And I know that women have callings, and I'm not saying don't answer that call. Or you know, there's women that that work outside the home, and I did too. But even in that, we can support the family and love and support our husbands. And the Bible tells us, you know, that's, yeah, so. That's
2: so good. I know we're out of time, but one of the things that I just, I believe so strong in, and I shared this with you guys before the service, but it it wasn't just a, a, I didn't want this just to be a service where we just learned some things. I just, I I feel, and I believe our church even feels that you guys just carry something uh, on your lives that's really uncanny and and I would love it, Pastor Olin, if you would just pray over our married couples that are here today. Just pray a blessing over them. And that just basically some of the things that I know that have happened as I sit here and listen to you guys, So there's so much that God has clearly done that you can't even put into words. It's what he's done miraculously between the two of you and what that looks like in your marriage. Would you just pray that God does the same for these, these couples in here today?
1: I'd love to do that. Yeah. Father, we want to thank you that you are an all-knowing God. You know our hearts. You know what is needed. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would speak into every heart that is here. Those who are not married, who may be married one of these days, those who are, those who've gone through struggles, Lord, that you would cause there to be a stop point and from this moment on we're asking you to do something in our hearts that is only you can do and that you get the credit for it and that it is supernatural that you would work in every heart in such a way that you would bring about the maximum love of the Holy Spirit into every one of our hearts that we can respond to one another as you would have us to respond. Lord, I recognize that that comes as a miracle and I'm asking for that miracle to take place right now that you would fall in this room that into every person's heart. God, every person's thinking something a little different and you're dealing with them in a different way and I pray that that would be healed in the name of Jesus Christ and I declare marriages in this building that will be a glory to your kingdom and be a testimony to every person that does not believe in you, that they would see that the best marriage there is is a marriage in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. In your name, amen. Amen, Lord. Amen.
2: Can we give them a hand clap this morning? Thank you, guys.
0: We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.